0: Hey, everybody, it is Wednesday, February 21st. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mo
1: And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts.
0: And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, one more day in the sunshine for me here in Arizona.
1: I was going to say it. Just another day in paradise over there. <laughs>
0: In fact, not far away from me is the area they call Paradise Valley, like literally Paradise Valley. (laughs) So beautiful February day here in Arizona. Uh, Spoke to a group of hospital CEOs about the state of our politics, state of our media uh, at this conference hosted by Premier. So uh, thankful to be here and uh, speak to some Mo News fans, some people learning about Mo News for the first time. But also hear about what's happening with our healthcare system, the many challenges, and some of their frustration with the way some issues are covered, but also the lack of movement on some issues on Capitol Hill.
1: All right. Well, hello to all of you hospital CEOs and healthcare professionals. If this is the first time you're listening to the Mo News podcast, it is wonderful to have you here. And as we always say, email us, write us, uh, message us, because your feedback really helps to inform the podcast And you are the experts in your field. So if there's any stories that we are missing or if there's some nuance in a story that we are missing, we want to hear about it.
0: There's always more nuance, Jill.
1: (laughs) That's for sure. All right, let's get to some headlines here. Russian authorities have arrested a U.S. citizen on treason charges. We'll tell you what we know. And it comes as the U.S. is set to announce major sanctions on the country following the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. On to presidential politics here in the United States, Nikki Haley says she isn't going anywhere, despite the pressure for her to drop out of the race. The Supreme Court ruled against race-based affirmative action in college last summer, but has now decided it will not hear a new case on race in school admissions. What a new study says about COVID vaccines and some rare health conditions, which airline just raised its fee to check a bag and why experts say more could be coming. And a 5,000-pound satellite is expected to fall to Earth today, but experts say no big deal.
0: Jill, a reminder to everybody that 70% of Earth is ocean, so always good odds when something's falling from space.
1: So you're telling me there's a chance.
0: Yes, Jill, (laughs) if you're in a boat in the ocean.
1: And the new coffee flavor that Starbucks is rolling out to mark the Lunar New Year... Plus Mosh has On the Stay in History.
0: Jill, based on a recent Instagram post, I think you will get this clue, but your clue today for On the Stay in History. We have a nice little Saturday planned, maybe Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have enough time.
1: <laughs> oh how times have changed, right? That now sounds absolutely <laughs> lovely.
0: For those who don't get it, tune in for On the Stay in History.
1: All right, just days after the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, Russian authorities have arrested a dual U.S.-Russia citizen. She has been charged with treason, arrested for allegedly trying to raise money for the Ukrainian army and for participating in pro-Ukraine public rallies. The Russian Federal Security Service not releasing her name, just saying it is a 33-year-old woman from Los Angeles. But local media is identifying her as Ksenia Karolina. A judge in the Russian city of Yekaterinburg, where she was arrested, declined an appeal. Her lawyers say that she was actually detained at the end of January for transferring about $52 from an American bank to a Ukrainian charity. Court documents show that she was actually arrested for swearing in public near a movie theater. Now, apparently, this is a typical strategy that Russian officials use. They basically detain people for these really minor violations. And then at that point, they can get access to their electronic devices like their phones.
0: Yeah, this is something the FSB does. FSB is the replacement for the KGB, which existed during the Soviet Union. Uh, It comes as, uh, on Tuesday, we also heard that American Evan Gershkovich, who's also imprisoned in Russia, appeared in court. A judge in that case continues to uphold his detention. He's the Wall Street Journal reporter who's being held on espionage charges, which the Wall Street Journal and the U.S. government deny. Uh, We told you last week about Tucker Carlson pushing Vladimir Putin on this, saying, come on, you know, this guy really wasn't doing anything. You guys have effectively made this up. Release him. Gershkovich is the first American journalist to be charged with espionage in Russia since the end of the Cold War. So uh, the latest developments in court now mean that he'll be held at least until March and that'll mean that he's been held for a year so far. Putin, in that interview with Tucker Carlson, did indicate that he's open to a prisoner exchange of some sort with the U.S., and that's also considered a strategy here, that the Russians continue to arrest Americans with the hope of a prisoner exchange, in which case they can get various Russians out of prison. Remember, in the Brittany Griner case, they got an arms dealer out. And so it only reinforces the State Department warning that's been in effect for a couple years now, telling Americans who are there to get out immediately and telling Americans who aren't there to avoid Visiting Russia because of the risk of arrest there. As far as Gershkovich, if a trade doesn't happen, he could face 10 to 20 years behind bars based on these espionage charges that he faces in Russia. The Wall Street Journal saying on Tuesday it's been nearly a year since his unjust arrest. It's an unconscionable attack on the free press, and they continue to demand his immediate release. Uh, Also, other Americans in prison right now in Russia, former Marine Paul Whelan, he's been convicted of espionage in Russia. He's serving a 16 year sentence in a Russian penal colony right now. There's also another journalist, Alsu Kurmasheva. She worked for Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. She was taken into custody in October on a charge that she failed to register as a foreign agent in Russia.
1: Now, this all comes with U.S. and Russia relations at their lowest point in quite a while. The White House says it will be imposing major sanctions on Russia in response to the death of Alexei Navalny, expected to be unveiled Friday. The White House saying the new sanctions are designed to hold Russia accountable for what happened to Mr. Navalny, as well as quote, all its actions over the course of this vicious and brutal war, meaning the war in Ukraine. It is not clear what the sanctions will look like or how they're going to be different from previous sanctions against Russia.
0: Yeah, Jill, today officially marks the first day of the third year of uh, the war in Ukraine that Russia launched on February 20th of 2022. Uh, And it's notable because there have been a number of rounds of sanctions that the U.S. has put on Russia, on Vladimir Putin, on Russian billionaires, on the Russian economy and so far none have really changed the behavior of Russia so far and so it's unclear what these new additional sanctions frankly I was surprised to learn that there are sanctions that we have not put on Russia yet uh, as far as the US is concerned so we'll see uh, what they have to say but uh it does come is Putin effectively is playing a waiting game here he sees the West, he sees the U.S. is losing interest, losing uh, support for continuing to help Ukraine here. So he's hoping the longer he waits this out, uh, the more likely it is that he will be able to continue his war in Ukraine, take over more territory there. He controls about 20 percent of Ukraine right now, with some in the West looking to move on.
1: Now to presidential politics, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley saying that she is not going anywhere despite seriously trailing former President Trump in the polls. She gave a speech Tuesday at her alma mater, Clemson, saying she is not dropping out. And then she took a dig at other Republicans for not speaking out against Donald Trump. Take a listen. Of course, many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. They're just too afraid to say it out loud. She called Trump, quote, more unstable and unhinged than when he first ran. Again, criticizing other Republicans for being too afraid, in her words, to say it out loud.
0: Jill, your first line there sort of works in two different ways. That Nikki Haley says she's not going anywhere, as in staying in the race. And Nikki Haley is also not going anywhere, in terms of polling numbers right now and winning states. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what the polls show right now. The newest polls from South Carolina, which votes this Saturday, show that she's trailing Trump by at least 20 points. This is her home state where she served as governor. Uh, upwards of 30 points in some polls right now. It turns out that her home state is Trump country. And so uh, it is uh, very unlikely that she'll win uh, next to impossible. And then, of course, you have Michigan, a couple other states, and the Super Tuesday coming up here in just over a week. It's not clear if she can win in any states right now. The Trump campaign saying, listen, Haley, time for you to drop out. We're gonna have this whole thing locked up by about March 15th, probably, in terms of delegates. Remember, as you win states, you bring in delegates, you have to hit a certain number of delegates to get the number necessary to have a majority of delegates at the convention this summer. And given that a number of the states are winner-take-all, that uh, Trump folks have reworked the rules over the last couple of years in preparation for this moment with winner-take-all amounts, meaning even if Nikki Haley loses by one vote in a bunch of states, he gets all the delegates. So she has to win here. And it's unclear whether or where she will win. And so uh, that's where we're at with a situation very soon where Trump is the official nominee and you do have the officially Trump versus Biden 2024. And Moshe,
1: I know we here at Mo News are very proud of our Mo News swag, but uh, apparently Donald Trump has got one, at least on us, sneakers.
0: Yeah, he has rolled out the Never Surrender High Top Sneaker. Retail uh, value, $399. They are sold out right now on his website. He went to SneakerCon, the sneaker convention, uh, over the weekend uh, and rolled out his new gold-plated high top. So they have a red bottom, which I understand Christian Louboutin has a patent on all red bottom shoes. So I'm clear whether he'll face legal issues here. But there's the Never Surrender high top sneaker. Then there's also the T-Red Wave sneaker. This is a low top sneaker that is $199. And then uh, Victory 47 Perfume, uh, retail value $99. So Trump finding new ways to raise money here. And uh, given how expensive those shoes are, they sold out pretty quickly, which some people joked, you know, goes against his arguments about a bad economy if everyone's able to afford his sneaker there. Some people <laughs> are able to afford it yeah. for 400 bucks. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of, you know, creative strategies there in the Trump camp. Uh, Because as we've reported, the majority of his fundraising so far has gone to his legal fees to fight the various civil cases and the four criminal cases. And it comes as the RNC is trailing badly, uh, the DNC, when it comes to fundraising. So far, one of the reasons Trump wants to take over the RNC, also have access to all their money. And so clearly here trying something else to uh, raise funds this campaign cycle.
1: I can't knock this. I think it's quite creative.
0: He did those digital trading cards that, uh, by the way, are up in value. Uh, So they try a lot of creative things over in Trump world. And given how loyal his following is, it seems to be doing well. Uh, You know, people mock the Trump steaks, the Trump vodka, all the various Trump branded things he sold through the years. But the couple of these uh, uh, post-presidential things he's rolled out have so far sold pretty well.
1: All right, plenty of news coming up. But for now, we want to thank a few of our sponsors, One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that is you, make 2024 the year that you finally check it off that list with Babbel. Babbel, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L, is a science-backed language learning app that actually works they have quick 10-minute lessons handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and they are rooted in real-life situations delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're really ready to practice what you have learned in the real world.
0: Alors, Gilles, uh, comment est en français <laughs>
1: Mosh Trebian.
0: Oh, <laughs> glad to hear, Jill.
1: Yeah, Mosh, I'm not quite ready to do the podcast in French yet but I, okay. I am able to perhaps <laughs> give a line here or there. Okay, great. But that's what Babbel is all about. They want to make it easy to learn how to do things that you actually would need to do, like order food, ask for directions, speak to shops without having to consult language apps while on vacation. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, you could get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babble.com slash monews. Again, 50% off at babble.com slash monews, spelled B A B B E L dot com slash monews, M O N E W S. Some rules and restrictions may apply.
0: And thanks to our next sponsor this week, Factor Meals. We're definitely pressed for time in our house. Still want to eat healthy and nutritious. That's why we've been very excited, both in Jill's house and in my house, about Factor joining us here on the Mo News Pod. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service They offer breakfast, lunch, dinner, chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals, delivered straight to your door. They go straight in your fridge. They are not frozen meals like the grocery store, but readily prepared, straight in your fridge and uh, good for a few days there. Jill, we've been loving a number of the meals as well as the juices. It does allow you to skip the extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, the prepping, the preparing, but you still get the flavor and the nutritional quality that you want. There's more than 35 weekly meals available it's flexible. You can choose as little or as many meals as you want a week. Uh, you can pause, reschedule deliveries. And so a lot of options here with Factor uh, and some really delicious meals. You can head to factormeals.com slash monews50 to use the code monews50 and get 50% off. That is Factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, meals, M-E-A-L-S.com slash monews50 to get 50% off.
1: And Moshe, of course, on this podcast, we're always talking about health trends and food trends, and it can be very difficult to get all of your nutrients. Well, one way to get all of the important ones is Athletic Greens AG1 Powder. I've been using it for months. It is just one scoop with a glass of water in the morning. It is easy and quick and lets you get on with your day, knowing that you have gotten over 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion and gut health. With your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of their vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Visit drinkag1.com slash monews to take advantage of this offer. You can get a discounted monthly subscription, or if you prefer, you could just try it one time for just a month. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S for this special deal And really start to take ownership of your health. All right, time for the speed read from Axios. The Supreme Court on Tuesday declined to take up a case on admissions at a prestigious Northern Virginia high school that eliminated standardized testing to diversify its student body. The high court, if you remember last year, overturned decades of precedent by ending affirmative action but left a path open for schools to consider other options to seek diversity. The justices who declined to take up the case did not provide a reason. Justices Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas dissented. Again, some context here. Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology adopted a new admissions policy in December of 2020, which does not rely on standardized tests. And diversity at the school immediately increased. This is according to the appeals court's ruling. The Fairfax County School Board sets the admissions policy for the school.
0: Yeah, so this is some of the arguments that we've been hearing in recent years that affirmative action while trying to fight racism is actually a different form of racism. That's what the plaintiffs here argued. Previously, admission to this magnet school required uh, four standardized tests. Admitted students were selected based on a holistic review that included test scores. The previous selection process that included that testing was considered race-blind, and it produced classes with high percentages of Asian American students. That then prompted the school to say, well, that isn't actually representative, so let's kill the tests to try to make the schools more diverse. Hence the lawsuit, Brought by parents, students, uh, community members who said that the new admissions policy is intentional racial discrimination, that you're now discriminating against Asian-Americans. Remember, you heard a bit of this argument in the affirmative action cases before the Supreme Court last year. So a district court actually agreed with the plaintiffs. But then the Court of Appeals in Richmond overturned the decision by a 2-1 majority. Now the Supreme Court is letting that decision stand. So they're letting this aspect stand. It's interesting, Jill, because whether it comes to abortion or affirmative action, there are a number of cases here where the Supreme Court looks to rule to basically say, get this out of the court system. We're done with handling these types of issues. And yet the rulings of the last couple of years on those issues in particular have only led to more and more cases and more caveats.
1: From Bloomberg, COVID vaccines are linked to small increases in neurological, blood and heart related conditions in the largest global vaccine safety study to date. The rare events identified early in the pandemic included a higher risk of heart related inflammation from mRNA shots made by Pfizer and Moderna and an increased risk of a type of blood clot in the brain after a shot with the vaccines from the University of Oxford made by AstraZeneca. Those were also tied to an increased risk of Guillain-Barre syndrome, a neurological disorder in which the immune system mistakenly attacks the peripheral nervous system. More than 13.5 billion doses of COVID vaccines have been administered globally over the past three years, saving over a million lives in Europe alone. Still, a small proportion of people who were vaccinated were injured by the shots, stoking debate about their benefits versus their harms. The new research is from the Global Vaccine Data Network, and it was published last week.
0: So the research here looked for 13 medical conditions that the group considered adverse events of special interest among the nearly 100 million vaccinated individuals in eight different countries. Of the 99 million people studied, researchers observed 190 cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, which is typically developed after a viral infection, as well as 69 cases, again, out of 99 million Of uh, a blood disorder. So, still very, very, very rare, though three times more likely than if folks didn't have the vaccine, according to this study. In a separate study conducted by Yale University, exercise intolerance, excessive fatigue, numbness, and brain fog were also observed in uh, some individuals post vaccine. The researchers saying here, uh, bottom line, given, again, billions of doses out there, that two things can be true, that the vaccines did save a number of lives, save millions of lives. And yes, there are a small number of people who have been adversely affected by the vaccines triggering things like autoimmune disorders.
1: From the Washington Post, flying with a checked bag just got more expensive on American Airlines. The carrier announced Tuesday that the cost of checking a bag for domestic flights, which used to be $30, will increase to $35 if purchased online or $40 at the airport. For a second bag, the fee is now $45 regardless of how it's bought. Bags in premium cabins are still free. This is the first time American has raised its check bag prices since 2018. And it follows Alaska Airlines, which increased the cost of the first checked bag from 30 to $35 in January. So, Mosh, I guess the new normal here.
0: Yeah, the airlines tend to travel in packs here, or I should say fly in packs. And so uh, <laughs> JetBlue now charges $45 for the first bag, $60 for a second within 24 hours of departure. Delta charges $30 for a first bag. Southwest, though, remains a holdout allowing passengers to check two bags for free. And all these check bag increases do come amid a broader scrutiny of so-called junk fees that the airlines charge, that credit card companies charge, ticket sellers, etc., trying to get greater transparency uh, for fees. Remember, not so long ago, travelers once were able to fly without paying anything for a checked bag. But uh, you can look back. Actually, not so long ago, 16 years ago, was when we first saw the first bag fee. That's when fuel prices soared, uh, when oil went up that year. That took a huge toll on the uh, bottom line. Airlines sought to help their bottom line at that time by instituting bag fees. And like many things in life, Jill, once they saw they could make them and Americans tolerated them and kept flying with them, they kept them and now are increasing them.
1: Yeah, nobody ever gets rid of the fee.
0: No, you never get rid of the fee, especially when everybody else joins in, except for you, Southwest. Thank you, Southwest. And I will say this, and I've told you guys this many times, especially when you travel during uh, peak weekends and holidays, don't check a bag at all. Save the money. See if you can fit it into a carry-on. Though, Jill, I am finding out as a new father (laughs) when you travel with the baby. That advice, very challenging, because the smaller they are, the more stuff you need to bring with you.
1: (laughs) OK, very quickly. Last year, when my family traveled to Florida, we decided that we were going to send our stuff. We were going to ship it in a box because mm. we were staying with yeah, my in-laws. believe in that. Yeah. The only problem is that somehow the box did not arrive on time. So we were basically, I was living in my mother-in-law's clothes for like three days. (laughs) Luckily, she had bought a few things for my kids. So they at least had some warm weather stuff. But it was like, we thought we were so smart. And then it totally backfired on us. Okay, from CNN, a European Space Agency satellite expected to re-enter and largely burn up in Earth's atmosphere this morning. The agency's Space Debris Office is monitoring and tracking the Earth-observing ERS-2 satellite. It's predicted to make its re-entry at eleven thirty-two a.m. Eastern Time Wednesday. Although there is about a a four-and-a-half-hour window of uncertainty, the satellite has an estimated mass of about 5,000 pounds after depleting its fuel, making it similar in size to other space debris that re-enters Earth's atmosphere every week or so. At around 50 miles above Earth's surface, the satellite is expected to break apart and the majority of the fragments will burn up in the atmosphere. Translation, I guess this is a nothing burger here
0: to worry about. Well, let's give you the odds here, everybody. The chances of you, any of you or you, Jill, being injured by space debris annually is one in 100 billion, which is one and a half million times lower than being killed or dying in an accident in your house. So just for context, definitely look out as you're walking down the stairs or in the kitchen. Uh, You're much more likely, God forbid, to be hurt in that way than you are to be hit in the head by something falling out of space. The agency says here that some fragments could reach the planet's surface, but they will not contain harmful substances. And as we told you at the top of the podcast, 70% of the Earth is ocean. So good odds there. Uh, This satellite, by the way, uh, is done with this business. It was first launched back in 95, was the most sophisticated satellite of its kind back then has collected valuable data over the decades on the planet's polar caps, the oceans, land services, observed disasters like flooding and earthquakes. And so uh, we say thank you to ERS2. And please don't hit us on the head today.
1: And finally, from Fox Business, who doesn't like a little braised pork with their coffee? Starbucks is betting Mm. on that unusual combination with a new drink released in China to mark the Lunar New Year. It is called the Abundant Year Savory Latte. The brand describes it as having an interesting flavor. It combines Dong Po braised pork flavor sauce with espresso and steamed milk with extra pork sauce and pork breast meat for garnish. This is according to the Starbucks
0: delivery app. I don't know about this, Jill.
1: Yeah, the drink is priced at 68 yuan. That's $9.45, according to the app. Photos of the drink have been posted on the Chinese social media platform Weibo by the Shanghai Starbucks Reserve Roastery. And they show a drizzle of dark sauce atop the latte foam with a square slice of pork on a skewer resting on the mug rim. Lunar New Year is one of the biggest annual holidays in Asia. People across China travel home during this period to celebrate with their families. And while the foods served at New Year's feasts do vary by region, braised pork makes a frequent appearance.
0: I think this is an only in China thing. I I don't know whether this would work here, Jill, though I know people love bacon. So maybe there's an idea there in terms of meat with your Starbucks coffee. China is the biggest coffee shop market in the world in terms of sales it overtook the US last year uh, and it has been key to growth for Starbucks Starbucks doing really well there it's its second biggest market and top overseas market and it's interesting cuz some countries Starbucks hasn't taken in especially like ones with like really aggressive coffee culture and not-to-go coffee culture. So it's interesting that Starbucks has done really well in China. It does have some stiff competition, though, from Luckin Coffee. That is a a Chinese startup that has more than 13,000 outlets across the country and offers drinks at a much cheaper price than Starbucks. Starbucks is getting some pushback on that price, uh, about $9 there. Some people saying in China, you could actually get a plate of braised pork and then go and get two lattes over at Luckin Coffee for the same price. So we'll see how well it does. I imagine it'll be one of those things that does very well on social media there. Uh, I don't know about the taste, though. Jill, you did try to do a very good job of making it sound very appetizing with your tone there as you described the uh, (laughs) drizzle.
1: Well, Moshe, I, I might be moonlighting for some, some brands who are looking for someone to, to do advertising for them.
0: There's nothing better that goes with your factor meal and your uh, AG1 beverage in the morning than Starbucks. <laughs> you hear that, Starbucks. <laughs> All right. Now time for On This Day in History. We begin in 1925. The New Yorker magazine published its first issue on this day. So a happy 99th birthday to the New Yorker. On this day in 1948, NASCAR was incorporated. Fast forward to the 1960s. On this day in 1965, Malcolm X, who advocated a a much more black nationalist view of civil rights in the U.S. uh, as compared to Martin Luther King, was assassinated on this day in 1965. On this day in 1972, speaking of China earlier, President Nixon paid a state visit to the People's Republic of China, ending a 21-year estrangement between China uh, that had gone communist uh, two decades earlier and the U.S. Nixon credited with opening up China, one of his major foreign policy achievements, during his presidency. All right, Joe, we teased it earlier. On this day 20 years ago, Old School, the movie Old School turns 20 years old today, starring Vince Vaughn, Luke Wilson will Farrell, shall we play the clip I appreciate it but i told my wife i wouldn't drink tonight besides i got a big day tomorrow but, but you guys have a great time a big day doing what well um actually pretty nice little saturday we're uh we're gonna go to home depot yeah buy some wallpaper maybe get some flooring Stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time.
1: Mosh, it is incredible how much things change in, in a decade or two, because that does sound like quite a lovely weekend right about now. <laughs>
0: right, right. When we watched the, the film 20 years ago, we're like, oh, like going Losers. to Home Depot and like getting some flooring <laughs> and then Bed Bath and & Beyond. And now you're like, no, that'd be a nice Saturday if the kids behave. <laughs> I, but But I don't know if there'll be enough time. I mean, that sounds like a lot to get done.
1: I posted that on Instagram and many, many parents were like, oh my God, (laughs) it's so true.
0: And Jill, we end with a little bit of music history. On this day in 1970, if you can believe it, 54 years ago today, the Jackson 5 performed their number one hit, I Want You Back, and their new single, ABC 123, on American Bandstand. It was their first appearance on the show. Their 11-year-old frontman, Michael Jackson uh, told the host Dick Clark on that broadcast that he liked the weather in LA and digs the Beatles uh, and had high hopes for that group. That 11 year old uh, was going places.
1: He certainly was. I love all of the Jackson 5's music. It's so
0: good. Still stands the test of time, five decades later.
1: All right, everybody, that is a wrap. We want to thank you for listening to the Mo News podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store.
0: Jill, I'm traveling back east tomorrow, so uh, thanks for handling everything solo and I'll see everyone back here on Friday. You
1: guys, solo podcast. (laughs) You know what that means. The headline, folks,
0: about a 20 minute podcast <laughs> and uh, a very tight on the same history Jill's least favorite <laughs> responsibility when I'm gone
1: I love the segment I hate putting it together I can't ever find stuff that, that's it I am very happy to cede that responsibility to you for the podcast anyway I will see you guys tomorrow and Mo, uh, safe travels
0: bye everybody thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast